call from the United States of America. Hi, you have reached the Decahedron RPG Cast feedback line. Just start talking at the sign of the tone. Hey, Jason here. Just want to say I enjoyed your latest episode, and I don't have much to contribute because I pretty much agree with you. I find that it's more satisfying, and it does more to engage my imagination to roll one table at a time. So, you know, not, not much to add there. <laughs> but I appreciate the, the content, and, you know, it made me think for a few minutes. But I, I do prefer to just go back and, and just go out of the book and roll, or if it's automated, you know, maybe on a PDF and roll. But, but I prefer one table at a time as opposed to pushing a button and having the final result look in front of me. Interested to see what other people have to say. Hey, Jason. Thanks for that. We seem to be in the majority, as you'll hear in this call. I really liked the phrase you used about engaging the imagination. I think that's exactly what it is. Actually, I wish I had thought of that phraseology myself. But yeah, as soon as you make that first roll, you get that first result, the imagination's already engaged and it's already thinking about all the possibilities. And as each roll comes along, it helps to narrow it down. Yeah, spot on. I agree 100% and you'll hear that uh, we are in the majority. But there was one voice of dissent, and that, of course, was James. And rather than call in, he and I had a little discussion about it, and I will record that now. But before I do that, hey, everyone, that caller was Jason. Jason is the host of the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Great, awesome podcast. You should give it a listen. Links are in the show notes. But on to that discussion with James. So last week, I did an episode about the benefit of manual generation versus automated generation, and James had a comment about that. So go ahead, James. We just did an episode that ran rather long for Joseph's taste. I think the automated would have definitely cut down on the time, and probably a couple of things that me or Joseph missed would have been caught with the automated system. That's the one thing I'm liking with that. Manual used to be fun when there was only, let's say, five or six books you had to go through to find everything. Nowadays, especially D&D or Shadowrun or Traveler, not as much, but it does have several books. It takes you forever to go through all the books to get that character pieced together, where the manual way, it pops up. Here's your 10 choices. Pick one. And then it goes on to the next step based on what you just chose. So I love the auto in that format. I used to love doing it manually, but that's back when I could actually know what rule book to go to to find the different skills or attributes without spending an hour trying to find that one thing I was looking for for this character. That's my opinion. Okay, so first of all, you're talking about character generation. And that's not what that was about. That was about content generation, generating dungeons, generating worlds, generating encounter tables. You could even say generating treasures, although that one I might be okay with. Then I misunderstood what you were doing. I thought you were talking about character generation. So then let me make my point, though. Mm -hmm. So what we just did audience, because you won't hear it for a few weeks yet. We recorded an episode of James generating his 
uh, Traveler character. We went through it step by step using the books of classic Traveler. Traveler, you know, you make this whole life story. So having to do that, you have a pretty good idea what happened with that character, right? He tried to join the hunters and couldn't. He tried to join the barbarians and couldn't. And he ended up in the pirates. And he ended up being forced to re-enlist once. You know, he made it all the way to first first mate, right? You you got to, right? It all generated right. in, in your mind. So if we did that programmatically, you would have got a list that said 6AA538. Pirate, first mate, engineering one, shotgun two, sword two. That's it. Does that tell you anything about the character? No, it doesn't. That was the point I was making, was oh. that when you get an output from a program, all you have is this this stat, this line of numbers or maybe even some words or whatever, but there's no story there. And you have to go in and you have to look at those and you have to piece together all this stuff to try to decide what it is. Whereas when you go through it manually, because you go from this table, then to this table, then to this table, as soon as you roll this result, your mind is already processing it. Even if you're not doing it consciously, it's in the background cogitating on the possibilities. Oh, he's he's a pirate. What does that mean? Is he a good pirate? Is he a bad pirate? What's his relationship with the crew? What's the, and go, oh, he rolled high in his survival. Oh, what does that mean? Does that mean that he didn't see any action? Does that mean he was really good? And all this stuff is coming together and this picture is forming during the process. Whereas when you get this one line of output, that whole mental process didn't happen and you don't have that picture. Now you just have to look at these stats and try to decide stuff. So did that really save you anything? That was my point. Mm, I see your point as in for the gameplay, but it would have taken that hour episode we do. I don't know how much you'll cut it down to, but it probably would have brought it down to a 25-minute episode if it was automated. It would have run it down to a 30-second episode. Start the program, push the button, there's your character, bam. And you're right, there's less life there. And, and that was my only point. And I even said, you know, it's good for saving time. Automated methods are good for saving time. But are they? Because now you have to take that time and you have to put it into this other process to generate the story and do all the rest of the stuff. So you're not really done. Although the numbers are done, the rest isn't there. And the rest is, and you're, you're a big proponent of this, that a game... A character, a city, a town, a horse, a weapon, a anything is more than just a number. It's more than a stat block. There's a story behind it. And that is not there when you just get a block of numbers. And so you still have to generate all that. And now you have less to go by. Whereas when you go through the process, it's already happening. Mm, okay. I get your point. There is a middle ground. But we got a feedback from somebody else, and I'm going to talk about it in that one. But hey, James, thanks for joining me for this Feedback Friday. You're welcome, Joe. All right, let's listen to the next call. Beep. <laughs> hey, how's it going? I uh, just picked up your podcast and enjoying it so far. Calling in about automation versus manual. And yeah, there's something about it, and I think that you like put the, the pin in it. It's, it's that organic generation as it flows out. Right. Because I've been I, I've got a lot of generators already programmed into spreadsheets that just, you know, whip up a little uh, a hex for me. Right. Tell me what's in the hex, what's going on. It generates a random encounter table. It does all kinds of stuff for me. But there's something 
there's something about doing it for myself. Um, and I've come up with a couple new generators or found a, new gen a couple new generators. I didn't run them myself. Um, and I, I've resisted putting those in and I really couldn't figure out why I was wanting to do it manually, right? I've been getting back to this, this pen and paper thing. So I thought that was kind of why, but I, I think that like, it, like you said, it's, it's that organic generation. Hey, Rich, nice to hear from you for the very first time ever. It sounds like you got cut off there at the very last, I think, Anchor, where you left the message. Uh, it's not Anchor anymore. Spotify for podcasters only gives you a minute. But hey, thanks for the call. Thanks for the listens. Really super, super duper appreciate it. Yeah, it's a, like you said, I think it's that one step at a time thing. But while I was listening to your feedback, I had this idea. I kind of mentioned it a little bit when I was talking to James there. But maybe if I recode my generators, and I'll probably try this for the traveler uh, animal generation because I'm not done with that that table yet that I'm generating for Keith and Heather's adventure. So maybe if I write the generator to instead of just spitting up that one line of output at the end, it stops at every roll and gives you the result and gives you a chance to like typing notes or whatever. And then at the end, you get the thing. So instead of getting the one thing that says, you know, um, razor 55 kilogram, blah, 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 blah. At the end, the first thing it will come up with, it was, it will say herbivore. And then it will say herbivore type grazer. And then it will tell you what a grazer is. And, you know, that gets the wheels going. And then you have to, it's not until you press a key that it goes and it makes the next roll. And it will then say 55 kilograms or whatever. And just to make my life easier, because I always end up doing this. Uh, I would say, you know, 55 kilograms, that's uh, about what, 120 pounds, 125 pounds. And I would give some sort of earth animal that's the equivalent to, because I'm not good at that off the top of my head. So that would give me an idea. And anyway, it would stop there and it would wait for you to press a key. And then it would say, it is not a flyer or whatever, you know, and it would do all that and it would stop. And maybe if I want to get really obnoxious, I would add a mandatory pause time. So even if you, you know, ch just to stop you from like tapping the keys in succession, there's like a, I don't know, maybe a 30 second timer between steps and you can't press the key before that time to, to force you to think about it. I don't know. It's just an idea I came up with while I was listening to your voicemail. So thanks for that inspiration. Uh, I'm sorry you got cut off. I like that you're liking the show. Please keep listening. Please keep sending us your feedback and welcome aboard. Hey, Jason here, just listening to the latest feedback episode, I think it's 62, and I, I just want to make it clear, I'm not trying to lure you away from Traveler. I, I definitely think when people find a system they like, it's, it's not my place to try to tell them there's something wrong with their system or to pull them away from it, because that, that's definitely not how I feel. I think if you and your group are happy with the system, you should definitely play that system, and you should not listen to the naysayers. So that, that wasn't my intent, but I, I just wanted to mention the system I had found that really felt right for old school Star Trek. Anyhow, the real reason I'm calling is your contest, and not to give an entry yet, I'll do a separate call for that eventually, but you brought up, you know, hard sci-fi and, and, you know, this idea of is faster than light, can that fit into hard sci-fi, is the new Battlestar Galactica hard sci-fi or not? And, and so Maybe you're already planning on doing a show on 
what is hard sci-fi compared to what is not hard sci-fi. And maybe you're waiting until after the contest so you don't scare away people from spending in their favorite entry. But I think that's an interesting discussion, what constitutes hard sci-fi. And I've seen different definitions of it. You know, I've seen definitions where faster than light travel definitely is out. Aliens are definitely out. Um, I don't know. Hey, Jason. Thanks for that call. Uh, yeah, and I didn't think for a second that you were trying to lure me away. I very much thought that you were just suggesting another opportunity. All I was saying was I am uh, loaded to the gills with opportunities. And, you know, after I recorded, I was like, oh, man, I can't believe I left out this game from my list. And then I was like, wow. Okay. So um, the games I didn't mention that I was thinking of was, uh, first of all, Last Unicorn Games version of Star Trek the role-playing game or Star Trek The Next Generation, the role-playing game. I think those are really great versions to do a Star Trek-type campaign. In fact, I even thought about, at some point, offering Keith and Heather uh, to do that instead of The Traveler. I like the character generation. The task resolution mechanic in Star uh, in Lug Track, as we call it, The Last Unicorn Games, Lug Track. Uh, the Lug Track, I, I like the only thing I don't like, that's that's harsh. The only thing I like better in Traveler, and eh, not really the only thing. And the main thing I like in Traveler better than Love Track is, like I said before, the starship damage routine, starship combat. It's not like, oh, our shields are dying. It's, you know, our jump drive is damaged. Not even destroyed. It's damaged, and it can be repaired. And... I like that a lot better. I just like the feel of it. Star Frontiers, of course, I have. I don't know why I didn't mention that, other than I really don't like the game. Um, it is a, uh, a percentile-based mechanic, and as I've said before on the podcast, I hate percentile dice. Um, maybe it is an irrational hate, but it is what it is. Well, actually, I was going to say the, the aliens. I, I'm not really opposed to the aliens. I, I like the Vrosk. I like the Dralocytes. I like, yeah, it's, it's okay. GURP Space, I didn't mention. GURP Space has some wonderful aliens, but more importantly, it has uh, the alien creation rules. And I've created my own aliens, which rock and are awesome, I think, kind of opinionated there. But like I've also said before, I like doing a very human-centric campaign, and that's probably another reason I didn't go with uh, Star Trek, is because I want humans. I don't want, I don't want people running around with their "I'm half Klingon, half Vulcan," blah 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 blah. Nope, I don't want that. The other game I thought about that I didn't mention that I own is the Babylon Project, which is from 1990s when Babylon Five was still on the air. It was the RPG that was published. Uh, licensed and such. I don't remember a lot about it. Uh, it was very glossy. It was high production quality. The mechanics struck me as fudge with the adjectives rubbed off and replaced with numbers. And there was a weird thing about a, a drama die in there. Uh, a drama die. It almost sounds like I'm trying to say dromedary and not saying it correctly. No, a drama die like dice, but one die anyway. And there was something I didn't like about the drama die when I thought about it mathematically. It was like, I don't know. I have lots and lots of game options is all I was saying. I just don't feel the need to add another, but I know 
point did I feel you were twisting my arm or telling me I was having wrong, bad fun or anything like that. In fact, I appreciate the suggestion. I'm always on the lookout to hear more new games. And then as for the hard sci-fi, you said maybe I'm planning on doing a show about that. And, um, 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 wow. Yeah, that is it. Exactly. That was always my plan. I didn't just hear that and say, wow, what a great idea. Huh? No, um, that wasn't my idea at all. But when you said it, I'm like, wow, that is a great idea. And I would like to put an invite out to you, sir, to join me on that show. Just you and me um, talking about hard sci-fi and various properties. And we'll do it after the contest. Let me know what you think about that idea. I think it'd be a good show. I'm going to do it anyway, but it'd be great to have you there. Uh, As for the two items you mentioned, uh, you mentioned Faster Than Light and Aliens. Both of those... When I talk about my favorite hard hard sci-fi novel of all time, and it's like the only thing I really reread much, both of those are kind of in there. One of them is just kind of hand wave and mentioned in the background, so I allow it. And the other one is a kind of front and center, and it's the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. It is, it is what the episode is about, um, and the episode, the the novel. But definitely, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about that until the other show. You said a whole lot more, and I cut all that out because I think that'd be great content for that episode if we do that. So, yeah, please let me know if you're interested in doing that. I would love to do that show with you. Thank you, sir. So that's all we have this week. Thank you, everyone, for feedback. Thanks especially to Rich for being our first-time caller. Thank you very much, Rich. You should enter our contest. Our contest is this month we are giving away a copy of my favorite hard sci-fi book of all time. It might be one of my – it's definitely my favorite sci-fi book of all time, hard or soft. And I've said it before, I don't generally reread books, but this one, every couple of years, I will reread it in the series. I like it that much. Anyway, so we're giving that way. All you have to do to enter is send us a feedback. Let us know what your favorite hard, and I'm being kind of soft with that definition of hard. If you can tell me why you think it's hard, that works for me. Uh, hard sci-fi property it can be a book, it can be a movie, it can be television series, a graphic novel. I don't care. Uh, send it in. Let, let us know what it is. Let us know if you think it would be good for a gaming scenario, a gaming, gaming campaign, and if so, like how you would do it. Anyway, so that's the contest. Other than that, please continue to leave feedback. Let us know what you love. Let us know what you hate. Email address is feedback at decahedron.com. You can always drop in an MP3 or other audio file in there, and I will convert it as I need to. I have wonderful conversion programs. You can call the feedback line, which is... If you're like me and you'd like to convert uh, phone numbers into words, that's 562-RPG-CAST. You can go to sayhi.chat slash decahedron. Or these days, we now have the Play Community Web Forum, which is at www.decahedron.com slash boards. And all these things are just at the main site, www.decahedron.com. Links are in the show notes. 
Again, thanks for listening. Until next week, happy gaming, happy life. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Decahedron RPG cast. We'd love to hear from you. You can leave us a voice message by calling 562-774-2278. That's 562-RPG-CAST. Or by visiting sayhi.chat slash decahedron. You can also email us at feedback at decahedron.com. Links are in the show notes. For more information, visit decahedron.com. Remember that Decahedron is spelled with a K. Music is by Kevin McLeod. Logo is by Design Cat. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep those dice rolling.